everybody. It's Cody with Drew Code Sports Talk. We want to give a special shout out to SeatGeek for sponsoring our podcast. SeatGeek is a ticketing app that takes the confusion out of buying tickets. SeatGeek is known for using a 0 to 10 scale when you're purchasing tickets to let you know if you're getting a good deal or a bad deal. And it lets you know right at the time of purchase. And right now, they're giving our listeners $20 off when you use our promo code DREWCODE at the time of checkout. So go to the link in the description or download the app. Don't forget to use our promo code DREWCODE to get $20 off your first order. And we hope to see you at the next game. What is going on? This is Drew Coat Sports Talk, and I am your host, Andrew Wright. And over in his living room is my co-host, Cody Johnson. Cody. What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday. Yes, we are live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter until it implodes. <laughs> uh, so, you know, if if you're on Twitter watching us, switch over to YouTube so you don't miss out on anything. But anyways, guys, on this week's episode, we have obviously Raiders discussion, which we're not looking forward to, but it is what we have to do. Uh, also be talking about some fantasy football, which we haven't done in a while, actually. So this will yeah. be some new content for it. And then also, hopefully, we can squeeze in some baseball. It just depends on how quickly Andrew can talk. So I'm going to shut up and start the intro now, you guys, so we can get started. But anyways, before we get started, do not forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all the social media platforms, like, comment, and share on the YouTube as well. So without further ado, let's get started. everyone that we are back for another week um i am actually gonna be gone next week so cody i don't know if you have planned on doing a solo show or if you're taking a week off we haven't really discussed that this is kind of live discussion right now what's your plans i'm pretty certain i'm taking next week off too because my wife my wife be damned if i'm gonna record on thanksgiving week so yeah yeah there's just there's just no way on god's green earth she's gonna allow that to happen so yeah i got i have a full week next week so i was like i'm not even gonna, i i was flirting with the idea on marco polo when i was i was talking to you and then i was like oh no i'm never gonna be able to no no yeah. sorry it's not gonna happen guy and you're like <laughs> you're just like listening to all this probably like my god man have just have a thought before you come on here <laughs> no 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 actually i no, was I thinking know. of it was the time when you i think you did your vacation this year in in monterey which you always do with your fam and you were talking about it. yeah yeah more of a excuse me and you were like oh yeah i can bring you know the microphone or whatever and record while i'm on vacation and i came flat out and said there's absolutely no way your wife's gonna let you do that so don't don't try it. And she, and you just, she actually would have, but I wouldn't have been able to because I had a lot of homework. We were right. trying to cram a ton of homework in into like two days, and <laughs> it would have been on the days that we would have recorded. So, to I will say to my wife's credit, she was she was like, I mean, if you want, go ahead. Uh-huh. Uh, but I was like, uh, I don't know. I was like, no, I probably shouldn't just cause I think that's going to be a lot of stress. So was it one of those things where she's like, no, go ahead. Or was it like a legit? No, 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 it was, totally was fine. It was like, she was like, she wasn't care. baiting you into it. Like this <laughs> no, will because, better choose the right answer. She, she was planning on having her alone time. 
Uh, if I were doing uh, Drew Coats. So she was like, gotcha. I don't care. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. <laughs> I'm going to go to a coffee place in the downtown Morro Bay area, and I'm just going to enjoy my life. <laughs> <laughs> so No, she didn't say that. But, <laughs> but no, it was, it was a legit thing. So oh, okay. I'll give her credit for that. Um, so man, we have a jam-packed show. I mean, it's it's uh, football heavy, but there's a lot of news coming out in baseball. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. that we get to talk about that. But I think uh, we wanted to talk about fantasy, but it's kind of one of those things that it's not. You know, we're not going to be like, oh, you need to add this player because I think yeah. people do that too much. I think we just want to talk about. You know, we joined a lot of leagues this year, um, and. Um, you know, for the most part, I think you and I are, are doing pretty good. I have one league where I'm not doing so hot, which is my own league, unfortunately. My team yeah. just is the least, it scores the least amount of points. So, um, but that's how it goes. So, anyway, but uh, before we get into everything, Cody, how you doing, man? I'm doing okay, man. Had actually a pretty quiet work week, and actually, I was able to work on our. Uh, Drew Code website, which I was telling you about. So for those listening, it's live, it's active. You guys can go there now and check out all the stuff that we have on there. So that that was kind of nice for me to get an opportunity to work on. And I've just been tracking the whole Twitter drama with Elon Musk and essentially firing everybody, locking them in a parking garage, and then they need to get out. And, you know, I I essentially tweeted out on our Drew Code website profile yesterday that it was the it was the band on the titanic playing the goodbye song while it's sinking because that's pretty much the embodiment of twitter right now like people are still on there but i'm just waiting for it to just shut down so that's just essentially where we're heading to and i'm i don't know if i'm impressed by it or or if i'm disappointed just because it's like i've never seen this before but i'm also saddened because i actually really like twitter yeah yeah and twitter twitter is one of my favorite spots especially i love going on twitter uh especially like on a show that uh my wife and i watch or on a game that's like absolutely crazy uh raiders twitter just drives me nuts but it also just makes me laugh so hard so i i just love like all these like twitters uh like just these like subdivisions of twitter that you can find and I just love that. So I hope it doesn't go under, but it, it's looking like it will. So unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, but, how's your week going so far? How was, uh, how was basketball this week? So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I probably should, probably should talk about Singer West. So, uh, last week, um, we had, I did Singer West, uh, the boys basketball on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. And I actually had to, I sped, to, to make my softball game, which I actually made it. So <laughs> it ended up working out. But anyway, uh, the boys played on Thursday. Uh, both JV and varsity did lose. Um, JV has got some ways to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and again, if, if people haven't heard me talk about Singer West before, this is a brand new school. Uh, the highest grade they have is 11th grade, a junior. So uh, a lot of freshmen are on JV team. If there is a decent freshman, he's on varsity. So it's, it's, um, you know, it's thin in all of the sports. And I, have been talking to the AD and he's been telling me about it. So 
it was it was frustrating uh, to watch, you know, because like, these kids when they're getting pressured, man, they just stare down their the guy they want to pass to, <laughs> but they don't pass it right away. They're just staring right. at him, waiting for them to be like open, as uh-huh. I put that in air quotes. And he passes it, and then it's like the defender was just waiting for it, and it happens so often. The varsity boys, though, they started kind of like that too, where it was like, mm-hmm. oh man, this is gonna be a long night. But they actually ended up getting a lot of momentum. And actually in the fourth quarter, they were doing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this one kid. He's he's probably, I would say, 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, he's pretty tall. He's, wow. he's, a, he's a pretty tall kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that could be an over-exaggeration, but he, he's, he's big. I mean, he's tall. He was taller than anyone else. And uh, he got his confidence in the fourth quarter, man. And I'm I'm pretty sure he scored about ten points in the fourth quarter. So, and they ended up scoring eighteen in the fourth quarter. So it was good. I mean, they they had a lot of momentum. They were starting to really get how to how they were supposed to be playing. It was mm-hmm. unfortunate because the the other team they had a guy who was hitting every three he shot. I think he missed one three in the whole game, and he shot about seven. Wow. He was on fire. Um, <laughs> and then they had this other kid who um, was really good, too. He was he was a good point guard, and he was just uh, getting inside at will. I mean, he was making him – making well, Sanger West was making him look like uh, Kyrie Irving going, you know, crossing <laughs> up guys and stuff. So, um, but hey, it was it was uh, it was encouraging to see them start to grow a little bit. So mm-hmm. that was cool. Uh, and then I, the girls, they played on Tuesday, uh, which I had to do, and um, is basically the same thing. JV struggled, uh, varsity. Mm-hmm. They kind of got a little bit of momentum, but. They're they're going to struggle a little bit because they they're they're trying to um, they're, they're just trying to get to know each other really. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just not confident in what they're doing right now, and it's understandable. Again, it's just they're a brand new school. You know, they they haven't had this opportunity before, so uh, you know I, I feel bad for them because it'll probably be a pretty long season. You know, they're probably going to lose more than they win, but yeah. I do think they are going to win games, and so I I'm looking forward to when they get to and when I get to call that. Um, yeah. So, and I actually have girls basketball tomorrow. I gotta I gotta go in the morning, so uh, I'm excited to go do that. Uh, they're going to play Woodlake High School, so. Uh, if you guys are in the uh, Fresno Clovis Sanger area, I encourage you to come over to Sanger West and uh, come watch the girls basketball. JV starts at eleven. Varsity is supposed to start at um, twelve thirty. So, very cool, man. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool that you're a part of history with being, uh, you know, the voice of the Hornets and their early years of sports. So, imagine when yeah. you start watching them grow and actually putting together some wins. So I think that's pretty yes. cool. But yes. now let me ask you a quick question though. Cause you remember when we'd go to my son's games, when he played uh, a couple of years ago, pre pandemic, yeah. I'll say, mm-hmm. uh, do they play similar to that? Where like, they'll get the ball, they're driving inside. And then for whatever reason, they have to take like four step backs to get back to three point line and hoist <laughs> it up for no reason. Do they do that still? 
Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not, it's not that bad, but, oh, okay. uh, there's a lot of traveling calls a lot. It's, it's okay. pretty rough. It's pretty brutal. And yeah. it's not one of those where you're like, Oh, I don't know. Are you really going to call it? It's like, Oh yeah, that was a travel. Oh yeah. That's a double dribble. Do you um, have to, do you have to hold, hold reserve your comments about like what a player on the Hornets does because like you're on the mic and, can, and the only reason why I say that is because when we went to our, my son's games, Obviously, you're very vocal, and that's okay to a fault, though, because I think there were some parents that were getting a little agitated with us, especially when we were louder than everybody else about what what they should do. Do you hold yourself back now that you're on the mic, or do you still do that? Just you don't record it. Yeah, I'm not recording it. I um I, I switch it off. Uh, it's the <laughs> microphone that's on the stand, and I just turn mm-hmm. it on and off. Um, and, um, I only have it on when I speak on it and then I shut it right off. I mm-hmm. make it a habit, you know, cause otherwise I'm gonna leave it on. Yeah. Um, and actually I've gotten caught already a couple <laughs> of times where I'm trying to say it and I'm like, why is it not? Oh, I don't have it on. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I've done that a couple of times, but, um, no, I mean, I'm pretty vocal about, um, you know, what they need to do. You know, I'm not bashing the kids, of course, like, and I don't think we ever did that. When we were at Clark. I wasn't. We weren't. No, saying. it wasn't really batch. I. It wasn't really. Just like no, don't don't make that. Yeah, it, we no, were like. Don't. You can just tell like when they made a bad play, obviously bad play. We were both like, "What are we doing?" You know, yeah. like very adamantly, like I don't understand yeah. what that is, or like, no, don't do that. And there are some parents I think are probably just really protective of the criticism, and not yeah. necessarily we weren't directing it. We were just saying that wasn't a great thing to do at the moment, and. So it like, I don't think we were ever threatened to be kicked out of the game or anything, but we're no. clearly the ones that were being the most vocal <laughs> regarding that play in particular or whatever. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I would say I'm, I, I'm still pretty vocal, but I, I definitely uh, make sure that I'm, I'm not like, Oh, that was so stupid or something. You know, I make sure right. I'm not doing that, which <laughs> I don't have those thoughts. It's just, you know, I just make sure that I'm I'm being respectful because I know there's people around, and obviously I'm on the I'm by the mic, so yeah. uh, I don't want people to to think that I'm bashing these kids or anything because I'm going to see these kids all year. So yeah. All right, Cody. Well, enough of all of that. Um, I think we need to give each other five minutes each on this subject, and uh, the subject is. The 2022 Las Vegas Raiders. It mm-hmm. has been brutal. Um, you know, they lost to the Colts, uh, to an interim head coach, Jeff Saturday. You know, you and I were kind of on the fence of, you know, it, stranger things have happened. Like, we mm-hmm. thought maybe we should win this game, and I think we went away believing that still. But at the same time, we kind of weren't surprised that they ended up losing this game. It was just very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a nutshell, like what to you, I mean, just air out your frustrations. Take five minutes to just air out your grievances on the Las Vegas Raiders this year. I don't even know where to begin, but I think this is what makes it upsetting is, you know, and I feel like the fool doing this too is when McDaniels was hired uh, you know, again, like what we'd iterated before, we all thought that we were encouraged that we were a playoff team. We get someone that as a Super Bowl winning assistant coach that could bring some that winning mentality to the Raiders who that have never had it and, you know, get us over the hump. And I think 
one of the things that I'm frustrated with is it's one thing if we have a new coach and we're putting in a new system and we're winning games and we are, you know, still trying to figure out our identity, but yet we're being competitive. Um, there are some games this season where we don't even look like we deserve to be on the football field. I, I know like sometimes it's almost like which team is worse, you know, the Denver Broncos or the Las Vegas Raiders. And I'm still saying the Raiders, um, you know, there's just a lot of, I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if something internally in the locker room, which is kind of like what Derek Carr and I think Devontae Adams in a roundabout way was alluding to that. Not everyone is buying in or putting in their best effort, which is concerning considering the coach that is leading the way should have, should be finding a way to get these players to buy in. Um, you know, there's just a mountain of things that are frustrating with it, such as play calling, play design sometimes, you know, like Hunter Winfro was a record-setting Raider receiver for us last year. Now he was nowhere to be found. Now he's on IR. Darren Waller, same thing. He just didn't seem to have any sort of focus in the offense, and now he's been out for several weeks and even longer now that he's on additionally on IR. Um you know, our defense has been pitiful. I don't know if I'm more frustrated with the defense or just the way that this team is operating in general. I will give a little bit of praise, though. Colin Cowherd, your guy, he did have a little breakdown of the Raiders earlier this week. He was kind of talking about their situation. And, you know, the offense, which is the most, you know, talented thing that they have, has been injured majority of the season. And which is true, because I do remember we traded for a tackle from... The Patriots, it was a highly touted tackle. I think we gave away a fourth-round pick, so it was very valuable. He went out with an ACL injury from his first start, so obviously we don't have him. We've just been riddled with injuries, and then we have a new head coach trying to put in a system, and there's just a lot of growing pains from what he pointed out. And then he additionally pointed out that the defense has been historically bad. So, you know, first off, the offense was the most talented thing, and it's injured, and now it can't hold the team steady, but they're in every game. And I agree to that to a point because there's still something to say about, sure, what he's saying is absolutely true, but just the way that the team is putting in effort, the way that they look, there's something about that. And I think to your credit, Drew, you mentioned this, it's all about regression and that's coaching. And we're to the point now where we're okay getting rid of Josh McDaniels after the first season. Maybe this is us Raiders fans being impatient because we've been waiting for 20 plus years to have a winning mentality or somewhat of a playoff team that's going to get us to the championship that hasn't done it since oh two but i don't know if i feel more betrayed if i feel like myself as a fool thinking i had such high expectations for the raiders i get frustrated watching them on sunday or monday whenever it is where we have these leads we look good and then all of a sudden we forget how to play football and again there's so many avenues that i can just really just vomit about and <laughs> air complete frustration about but to me it's all kind of rooting to like coaching and i feel like the fool because some of the outsiders of the raiders uh of that's not like a raiders fan some of them pointed this out pretty obviously and i feel like a fool because like we knew josh mcdaniels was a questionable head coach because of his stint in denver i though believe that you know he learned his lesson and he can get better now with learning uh, like learning how to lead a, a team from Bill Belichick and having the greatest quarterback of all time. And yet it doesn't even look like we are coached by anybody that wants to, you know, wants to play for this coach. Like Dan Campbell, even though he hardly wins games in Detroit, 
people are literally laying down and you know are expressing frustration because they're getting cut because they wanted to play for Dan Campbell. Not because he's an outstanding coach, but just because they love this guy so much. Rich Passaccio was that kind of a player's coach, and yet he was able to turn this dysfunctional team into a playoff team. And here we have Josh McDaniels, who in all accounts has a better resume than him, but is getting worse effort from better players, arguably, than ever before. And I saw this tweet, which is ironic. It was, last year's Raiders would wipe the floor with this year's Raiders. And yet, yeah. this year's Raiders, on paper, should be extremely better. So, <laughs> yeah. so in my, I'm just frustrated just for the sheer fact of I feel like I'm betrayed. Uh, obviously, I feel like I've been sold snake oil, all the sorts of frustration. I think where I'm at though is we're two and seven. Our season's essentially over. I'm looking ahead to the future. I don't know how I feel about bringing back Josh McDaniels, even though we probably will. Um, and I'm. I'm curious to see what the future holds for the Raiders, but I'm frustrated because I thought we were having a huge stepping block to get past our five and 11 records or six and 10 records or whatever. And now I feel like we'll be lucky to touch four wins. And I don't like that considering for the last couple of seasons, we've actually been extremely competitive. Um, And it's sickening to say that like, I miss a head coach like John Gruden now, but I think, Obviously, I had my grievances with him. I didn't believe that he was the head coach for the uh, for the future anyways. But it's sickening that when I get to the point where I miss John Gruden, that's how bad this coaching has been. Now, that's not to say I want John Gruden back. I'm just giving an equivalence yeah. to how badly I hate John Gruden to what Josh McDaniels has done. So I'll get off my soapbox because I can go for another 10 more minutes and I don't have it in me right now because it's it's frustrating. So, Drew. Yeah. But I, you said something that kind of kind of stuck with me where you were saying, um, you know, I feel foolish for thinking that this team was going to be a playoff team. Well, I want to, I want to make sure that you know this. You're not foolish for thinking that we were sold that that's what we were told. And that's what is, I think the most frustrating thing about this year, Josh McDaniels was hired. Dave Ziegler was hired. And they said, we're going to get this team into the playoffs. You know, this is a playoff team. We feel great about this. We love Derek Carr. Then they brought in Devontae Adams. They signed uh, Chandler Jones. And they're like, listen, we're all in. We're all in on this year. Well, uh, And now, all of a sudden, this year, in the middle of the year, when there's, uh, you know, all these reports are saying, you know, the Raiders fired Josh McDaniels. They're saying, well, we're building. It didn't. Mm-hmm. It's not built in a day. You told us it was going to be. You told us that we were good. You know, we were sold a, a raft of crap. You know, mm-hmm. we were we were sold that the Raiders are going to make it to the playoffs, and we're going to take it a step further. We're going to at least get one game, and then the next year we're going to win two, and then we're going to get to the Super Bowl, and then we're going to win the whole thing. You know, that's like that's what they were building towards. Like, oh, we're we're gonna we're a playoff team, no question. And now all of a sudden we're not. And I think it's dumb that a lot of people are like, what did what did people think that you know that the Raiders were gonna do? We thought we were getting the best receiver in the game, one of the best pass rushers in the last two years, um, uh, being signed with us in Chandler Jones, 
And then also pairing him up with Max Crosby, Derek Carr, who's had an instant connection with Devontae Adams, obviously, for college reasons. Um, and then Hunter Renfro back and Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs. And the only thing we've seen of it is we beat the Broncos barely. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't even remember. I, it's been so long. I don't remember the other one. <laughs> Houston Texans. <laughs> That's right. It's the Texans. So we were sold that we were going to be a competitive team and we're not. I mean, plain and simple, you're two and seven and yes, you can sell me. Oh, it's been one, you know, one score, one score games, one score games. Well, last year, Derek Carr was phenomenal in the one score games. What all of a sudden changed the coach. That's what changed. It's not that we didn't get better on offense. We did. And honestly, I think our offense has been fine. I don't think it's been bad. We had we have three and outs here and there, but for the most part, we've been good. We've been able to move the ball. We've been averaging like over 25 points a game, it seems like. So uh, the offense isn't terrible. The defense is horrid, but last year our defense was horrid. I thought, honestly, I mean, going into this year, I thought our defense was worse, uh, worse last year than it was this year. Obviously, the numbers are saying differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but McDaniels is obviously the problem, in my opinion. He's obviously the problem. And I want him fired so bad. But the I think what the other frustrating part is, is he can't. Because Mark Davis now is paying still, he's still paying John Gruden, which, mm-hmm. you know, I saw a report that they were saying, like, John Gruden, you know, uh, if uh, if John Gruden is going to win this um, win this lawsuit, there's a chance that Mark Davis might want him back. And you know, football wise, I don't think it's much better, but I mean, it's kind of been better. Now, I don't want John Gruden back, but at the same time, it's kind of like I don't want Josh McDaniels here. And, I'm, and I, I understood your sentiment when you were like, it's not that I want John Gruden. It's just I, I really don't want Josh McDaniels, and I'm kind of on that boat right now. Now, I would rather just go with anyone else <laughs> at this point. I would take Nathaniel Hackett right now and just see <laughs> if maybe it's different. Um, no, I'm, I'm totally joking on that. But, I mean, seriously, I mean, I, I, I don't want to see Josh McDaniels anymore, but it kind of seems like he's going to be here for a couple of years at least because um, not only is he paying John Gruden's salary still, he is going to have to pay a lot of money for Josh McDaniels. So, you know, I'm not, I saw a report that said, like, oh, the Raiders are, like, super poor. They can't afford that right now. I don't think that's true. But I don't think you also want to see like $40 million out the door because you were wrong on another coach where mm-hmm. now you can't now you've dug into your free agent, you know, signings that you're going to need for this year. So Mark Davis is kind of his hands are tied, in my opinion. So I, I understand McDaniels can't be fired right now. And that's why I love what you said, which I wish I were in the Lions situation. I wish I were in the Texans situation. The Texans play their hearts out. Like mm-hmm. they don't but they don't have the talent that we have. Like I think they have some talent. And the same thing with the Lions. The Lions. I love Dan Campbell. I don't know if anyone watched the Hard Knocks this year, but I love Dan Campbell from that. Like I 
I love Dan Campbell. I was like, dude, I would, I would absolutely run a wall through for him. And I don't even play. Like I wanted mm-hmm. to, I wanted to be like, how can I help? Like, you know, <laughs> like that's how you go away from it. And with Josh McDaniels, what really pissed me off was Derek Carr is, is on the podium. And I just want to say this for the people who are like, Derek Carr is so soft for crying on the podium. You're mad that the quarterback actually cares about the team. That mm-hmm. seems weird. And it seems weird that you are calling it soft, that a grown man is crying, that he's passionate about something and you're calling him out on, on social media. It's weird. It's mm-hmm. weird, man. Just let it go. Anyway. Um, but um, I, I also like, and then and Derek Carr was saying like, you know, these, some of these guys need to buy in Devontae Adams was kind of saying the same thing. And then Josh McDaniels, they asked him, and he was like, oh, I didn't even know they had the conversation. I, I don't know. I didn't even know that there were people who um, who weren't really bought in. I, You know, I kind of figured everyone was. And it was like, dude, are you serious right now? Mm-hmm. Are you just saying this so you don't, like, call anyone out? Or are you seriously this dense? And I thought that was a dense moment. Because even if you, even if you don't truly believe that, you're not going to say, oh, I didn't even know. You would say no. I, I think I think our guys are bought in. I just think uh, you know there's some guys who are struggling. You know mm-hmm. that's what I would say. But he was like, oh, I didn't even know. And it was like, dude, this is ser- I, he he has to be fired. Like it was like mind blowing. But again, I understand that he's not going to be because it's going to tank the Raiders even mm-hmm. further. Um, and um, you know, at this point, I don't know what they're going to do. I'd like to keep Derek Carr. I can see them going off of him. I can see Derek wanting out. I mean, at this point. So we'll see what happens. I'm not going to go into all of that. But um, yeah. I, the reason that you and I decided to do this was because, um, listen, we don't want to really talk about the Raiders anymore. It's yeah. bad. We're not going to, we're in these, I mean, we're going to believe that the Raiders are going to win a few more games, but at the same time, it's just going to stress us out and it's going to take most of the show like it already has today. So we're just going to, I think we're going to talk about more of the other NFL games. We'll probably try and get some Raiders stuff here and there, but for the most part, I think, you know, the Raiders are two and seven team. What else can we say? Yeah. All right, Cody, let's take a little break. Uh, and then when we come back, we can talk about uh, Week 10 storylines. We are supported by FNX Fit. FNX is a workout and supplement company that is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality. FNX has high-quality protein powders, creatine, and pre-workout supplements. FNX has also got amazing workout gear such as tees and tanks, an essential joggers line, and of course, shaker bottles. Not only is FNX Fit selling great products, but they have an even better message. FNX has launched their live program with every FNX order. They are donating a portion of each product bought and helping deliver clean drinking water in countries of need. Go to the special link in the description below and use our promo code DREWCODE15 to get 15% off your purchase when you use our link. And don't forget, we become greater when we rise together. All right, we are back and we're going to be talking about the Week 10 storylines. We have to talk about the game of the week. 
this past week. Obviously, the Bills and the Vikings. Um, the Vikings won in overtime. Justin Jefferson was an absolute just cheat code for the Vikings. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Um, are the Bills in trouble? And are the Vikings legit in the NFC? So, listen, are the Bills in trouble? I don't think so. I think um, – I I will say this. As Cody kind of alluded to, I am a huge fan of Colin Cowherd, and he was talking about how he looks – or he's been watching um, – He's been watching Josh Josh Allen, and he kind of looks like he's reverting back to uh, what he was in his rookie year, kind of the beginning of his second year. I would say I don't. I, I see some similarities, but I do feel like Josh Allen has been very efficient. He's been driving down the field. He was moving the ball easily against Minnesota. The only thing is the turnovers. And I think he has always been a little reckless with the football. That's always been his thing. It's always been one of those where, you know, Josh Allen has this where he wants to throw it downfield. And every now and then when you throw it downfield, sometimes the defenders know you want to do that. So for me, I don't think the Bills are in trouble, but I think there's a possibility they may not end up winning the AFC East. I think there is a really good chance that they could be a wild card team, which actually may bode well for the Bills. Mm-hmm. The reason being is, is I, I think, I know uh, from the Backseat Podcast, our friends from over there, they have talked about where, you know, sometimes it seems like maybe teams don't want the bye week. Maybe teams want to just continue to play. And to be honest, a lot of players do. A lot of players feel better when they're actually just continuing to play versus mm-hmm. you get that week off, that rest, and then you go back to it and you kind of have to like get used to it again. And so um, it actually may work out for the Bills. I'm not too concerned about the Bills. They have a lot of injuries, uh, a lot of it on defense. And even still, I didn't think the defense played all that bad. I just thought, um, you know, Justin Jefferson is just ridiculous, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then are the Vikings legit in the NFC? I, I'm actually going to say no. I don't think. Now, listen, are they going to be a playoff team? Of course they're going to be a playoff team. Uh, I don't see the Packers overtaking them unless the Vikings have a colossal fall. But I do see that the Vikings – their defense, and they were healthy on defense this week. Mm-hmm. It was not great. Yes, they got the two picks and the fumble. Of course, we okay, but I you could argue that the Vikings were literally trying to give that game away. Yet, so were the Bills, and it yeah. just ended up being where Justin Jefferson was like, "Well, I want to win the game," <laughs> and so he was like, "I'm just going to literally catch everything that is close to me," and and he did. I mean, the catch was. The catch that he had was just absolutely ridiculous. It is the best catch I've ever seen. Yeah, and I wish I would have saw it live. Uh, of course, the Raiders were <laughs> playing at that time, so <laughs> I was flipping back and forth. And of course, I I missed that that pass because I saw the Odell Beckham one. And yeah, to to this point, Odell for me was the best catch. Now, I know everyone's talking about the, the Super Bowl catches as well. Now, those are different because that was a different situation. I don't mm-hmm. think if we're just talking about a, about a pure catch, 
the Odell Beckham catch was ridiculous. That was the best catch I've ever seen. But if we're talking about moments, of course you're going to go with Super Bowl. So I'm going to clear that right now. But the Justin Jefferson catch was the best catch I had ever seen. That yeah. was just, I mean, he's falling back. The The defender, usually the defender's, with that momentum that they have, they can just rip that from you. He's falling down. He's got one hand, and he's just like, nope, that's mine. And mm-hmm. just how it didn't drop, how he held on to it was just ridiculous. So um, are the Vikings legit? I'm going to say no. I, I don't. I think there's a lot of holes. You can beat them. I think they're benefiting from their division. And then the Bills, I don't think they're in trouble. I think they. this is all correctable stuff. I think the Vikings are legit just because in the NFC, it's not a very strong division. I mean, I think that if I'm not mistaken, the Vikings have only had one loss, if I'm not mistaken. And that was to the Eagles who recently just became, uh, you know, had a loss in Monday night football, which we'll talk about later. But, you know, the Vikings have a high powered offense with an elite receiver. Dalvin Cook is still, you know, an elite running back in all accounts. Uh, the only thing is don't put Kirk Cousins on prime time or else you'll lose that game almost guaranteed because what is he like 0 for 10 on prime night on primetime games? Um, but I think that the Vikings do stand a pretty good chance at being somewhat of a threat in the NFC just because, again, like the teams that they have to go through are very thin. I mean, there's a lot of question marks on some of these teams like the Cowboys. Like, yeah, the Cowboys are a good team, but... I, if I'm not mistaken, the Vikings beat the Cowboys and then the Giants, they are, they even a real team to consider just because, you know, they, they could very easily falter with who they have at quarterback. So then, then the Niners, are they going to be able to stay healthy to be an elite threat? And are the Seahawks still a legit team? They're looking really good right now, but what's the rest of the season going to look like? So I think that the Vikings are a, Yes, with a ton of holes are, are are a little bit more well-rounded in some respects. And I think that they could very easily go on a deep run and no one really pay any attention to them because they're not respecting the Vikings because they think, oh, these are like the Mike Zimmer Vikings. And they're not. They're completely different. And if anything, this I think it's Kevin O'Connell, who's now the new head coach. He has completely opened up this yeah. offense to get even Adam Thielen back involved. Uh, they now have uh, an elite tight end that's a, now a huge threat for them. So I think that they're making a lot of good moves and I think that they could be a legit NFC threat team. And I think the bills are in trouble. My concern is with Josh Allen and to your credit, Cowherd said that he's reverting back to old Josh Allen. I think it's more than that. I think he's, I don't want to say he's buying into his own hype, but I think he's letting it get to him in the sense that he feels like he has to win every single possession rather than just playing the game you know, let it all kind of play out and play into him like what he was doing before. He's now kind of forcing passes. Uh, He's trying to do too much. You know, it's very apparent that like he had an error fumble literally on the, on the goal line that got the Vikings to score to put him ahead. Um, You know, he's thrown costly interceptions now in back-to-back games. So I think Josh Allen is kind of his worst enemy. And I think if Josh Allen doesn't kind of go back to like what he's been doing, which is deliver the ball, don't turn it over, be efficient. If he doesn't go back to that, I think the Bills are in trouble. And I even said this too, I believe it was on the back seat, where I wasn't sure about the Bills because they'll do something that'll ruin it for them. And they're kind of now showing that, in my opinion. Yeah. And I and I don't know if they're ready to take that leap yet just because like, they look great on paper, but they're still having these really weird instances where they're giving games away. Now, granted, it was to the Vikings, who I'm saying is a threat to the NFC, so take that for what it's worth. But still, though, the Bills have had some weird losses this season 
and they are not looking like the elite team we thought they were. Like they're very good and very competitive. Absolutely, no doubt, one of the best in the in the AFC. But the fact that we're questioning whether or not they're still uh, or they're in trouble at this point just goes to show like that's how much of a drop off that we're seeing with their execution, their discipline, and the way that Josh Allen's been playing. So in my in my opinion. All right. Well, we saw another NFC team um, and an AFC team play on Thursday night as we were recording this on Friday night. Uh, the Packers lost to the Titans. And the question remains, are the Packers going to make the playoffs or not this year? I say absolutely not. I think this season is going to sum up basically Aaron Rodgers' relationship with his players. I think it's a huge magnifying glass on his leadership skills and what's going on internally with the Packers, which is basically what I pointed out in week one. Um, And it's still somewhat of an issue. I mean, yes, Christian Watson has come alive in the last few games. Every now and again, Alan Lazard has uh, every now and again, Alan Lazard has a good game, but he had a lot of crucial drops last night, which is huge. Um, they lost. Uh, <laughs> they lost Dobbs earlier this season to a season-ending injury. Yeah. They just don't seem together, and there's some now questionable play calling in late-game situations. And it was more apparent than ever last night against Tennessee. Tennessee may not be an elite offense, but they have uh, still a really stout defense, and they really put it on Rodgers. And I think in the first half they had less than, I think they had less than a hundred and something total offensive yards, which is crazy to begin with because. Last season, now minus, uh, obviously, they had uh, Devontae Adams, but they had a more high-powered offense that can put points up. And now it seems like they struggle to move the ball down the field. I don't think that this is a playoff team at all. I think that this is a team that's going to implode as it goes on further. I think there's a lot of finger-pointing going on and no accountability being taken on any one of these leadership sides. So (laughs) they are not a playoff team, in my opinion. They'd be lucky. That was a shot at Aaron Rodgers, if I ever heard one. (laughs) At least I'm consistent, because I was calling it for him earlier this year. I called it for him during our preseason. So there's just so many reports and so many accounts of Aaron Rodgers just not being a great leader. And this is now on a magnifying glass because I think, in my opinion, what he did not only last season with the whole vaccination debacle, but just with this whole offseason of basically holding the Packers hostage to pay him and then his buddy Adams was able to walk out the door without getting a deal. And you, you know, he he can say all he wants about how he tried to get him to stay and, you know, he supports him whatever he does, but just like what Stephen A. Smith says on first take is you don't let Devontae Adams walk out the door. That's on you. Like you do everything yeah. you can to barricade that door to keep him there. So if you can't keep him there, that's on you. He spent his first eight seasons professionally with you. You guys supposedly had this bond. It's your responsibility to make sure he doesn't leave that door. So Yeah. And you, you want to complain that the Packers don't do anything, that they they don't draft these these talented guys. They don't they don't go in the draft and get these skill position players. They did. They had Devontae Adams. They drafted him mm-hmm. uh, in the second round. And he's been nothing but spectacular for you since he's gotten there. And what did Aaron Rodgers do? He said, I want to be the highest paid quarterback. Well, Aaron, if you're the highest paid quarterback, we, we may not be able to bring Devontae Adams back. I want to be the highest paid quarterback. Okay, well, we could either get Adams or, or Aaron Jones. 
Well, I, I don't care. I want to be the highest paid. Okay, well, we're going to have to get rid of some of the defensive guys, too, Aaron. Like, mm-hmm. this is not just, yeah, I don't care. I want to be the highest paid. All right. <laughs> we're going to, and then he goes, and then he has the audacity, the white man audacity <laughs> to go to the podium and say, you know, these these young guys, they're not, you know, really, you know, they're not really buying in. They're not really working hard. Where were you all summer? You're mm-hmm. with your new, uh, what's her name? Blue Earth Girl? Like, Come oh, on, man. He has a you new have, boo. You have to use your brain here, Aaron. Come on. Um, so, I, listen, this is all on Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry. I know there's some people who are saying, oh, Matt LaFleur. No, this is Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. If it, look at what Tom Brady did in New England and in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. He's done it forever. He's go, okay, pay my guy, pay me less, we'll win. Give me Gronk. What did they do? They paid Gronk in mm-hmm. New England. Then he retired. He Tom Brady went to Tampa and said, hey, listen, come out of retirement. I'll take less. They'll pay you. We're good. We'll mm-hmm. win. What did they do? They paid him. They won. It Just take a pay cut. I mean, say what you will, Raider Nation, but Derek Carr, he did the same thing. He said, you pay Hunter Renfro, you pay Darren Waller, you pay um, uh, Devontae Adams. Adams. And and lately he's been saying, pay Josh Jacobs. You pay all those guys, mm-hmm. I'll take less. And what did he do? He took less. A lot of people are looking at his contract like, whoa. But next year, it's not even a huge cap hit if we if if he's gone. It's not even mm-hmm. a huge cap, cap hit if he stays. That was the deal. And, yeah. and so... Aaron Rodgers had that opportunity, and he said, no, no, uh, I'm going to be the highest paid, which he deserves. I'm not right. saying he doesn't, but you cannot now complain about, well, they're not giving me the receivers that I want. I mean, they signed Randall Cobb because that's all they could afford. Mm-hmm. You could have kept Devontae Adams. You could have kept Aaron Jones. You could have kept Zadarius Smith. They're missing yeah. all those guys. Well, and and I'm not even mad that he got himself that Aaron Rodgers got himself paid. I'm kind of past that point. I'm more at the point is like, okay, you're gonna get all this money, but we need you to help develop a relationship, get on the same page as these guys. Because like, there's a couple of times in the game last night that I was watching where obviously Aaron Rodgers sees something in the defense, and he's hoping that Alan Lazard, for example, sees the same thing, and clearly he doesn't like. I remember it was a fourth down. It was, I think the last, um, it was the last play of the Packers drive in the fourth quarter for them to, to get some points. And I think it was, I think it was the fourth down where they turned the ball over and lost the game. Um, Aaron Rodgers thought that Alan Lazard would continue to go to the goal line for the fade. Alan Lazard stops like 15 yards short, gives up on it because he thought he would go shorter than that. And what happens? Aaron Rodgers obviously sails it over everybody because Alan Lazard. Yeah. And then, and I get it like, like Rogers wanted him to keep going and it probably should have, but that just looks like it's a communication thing with your guys of like, if you want to get on the same page and see what they're seeing, you got to get in the room with them. You got to talk with them. This reminds me of like when Peyton and Marvin Harrison are in the early days, they were so in sync because they spent so much time together is when they saw what the defense was giving him, they both knew exactly what route to run, where the ball should be. And they were just on time. Reggie Wayne, the same thing when he was 
the number one primary with the Colts yeah. back then. Peyton was very good. Tom Brady's very good at developing these relationships, getting on the same page with them. Be, I mean, Tom Brady made a relationship with AB before AB started screwing around with Tom Brady now yeah. on anyways to where they were able to get on the same page as well. And Aaron Rodgers has not been able to humble himself enough, I suppose, to be able to teach these guys how to play NFL football. He's expecting them to just do it. And he's, he's objectively one of the best throwers of the football that the NFL has ever seen. But there's so much mounting evidence of his lack of leadership for these young players that need it. Yeah. They need someone like him to help guide them. And he, for some reason or another, just is flat out refusing to do that for these players. And you're seeing it on the field firsthand. Like it's, yeah. it's quite amazing. In fact, Cody. And, and then that's why it's so important. That's why quarterbacks are one of the few positions that even on the non mandatory training camps that quarterbacks need to be there. Why? That's why Tom that's why Tom Brady in 2020 when he was with Tampa decided to get his receivers when they were like hey you can't you guys can't get together and he was like screw that I need to get them I need to get them over here we got, mm-hmm. we got to work and he did and it's like this is why you have to do this during the summer you can't go gallivanting on as Colin Coward uh, quotes it uh, ayahuasca tea yeah. And have this like spiritual uh, revelation on whatever you're trying to get. And it's just like, this is why it's so important to screw all that noise, go to your receivers and work mm-hmm. and work. Listen, I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers doesn't work, but he doesn't work with his receivers. That's obvious yeah. because you can tell me Devonte Adams will say whatever he wants He's, he's probably never going to say a bad word about Aaron Rodgers because, let's be honest, Devontae Adams didn't really develop until he was in Green Bay. He was really good in Fresno State. I'm not saying he wasn't, but I'm saying, like, he he had to learn a little bit about Aaron Rodgers. But what did Devontae Adams did? He worked his tail off. And now Devontae Adams, he's still thriving in, in Vegas. I mean, yeah, they're 2-7, and seven, of course. That's, that's not great. But if you look at his numbers, he's still doing Devonta Adams things. Mm-hmm. He's still thriving over there. So yeah. what it tells me is Aaron Rodgers just doesn't give a bleep anymore. I'm at the stage where I don't care. I'm just going to play how I play, and I'm going to blame everyone else. And what he didn't realize is everyone was going to notice, uh, dude, it's on you. Mm-hmm. We see Tom Brady. We see... Uh, I mean, even you. I mean, you can say what you want, but you, we see Justin Herbert. We say Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes has made Kadarius Tony a freaking superstar in Kansas City, and he's only been there for two weeks. I mean, come on, that, that does that doesn't just happen when your quarterback is like, whatever, I'm just gonna sling it. No, mm-hmm. I'm sure Patrick Mahomes texted him immediately as they got he got traded and said, hey, let's go to work. I want I want you to know as much as you can. Uh, so that way, it comes Sunday, we're gonna get this going, and they absolutely are working right now. It it just goes to show you these great quarterbacks, even good quarterbacks. I mean, Kirk Cousins, for God's sakes, I'm not. I don't think we're all saying that Justin Jefferson is great because of Kirk Cousins. I think we're saying Justin Jefferson is great, but also Kirk Cousins knows, hey. 
there's sometimes I can just put the put the ball in a spot where if he can get a hand on it, he's going to make that catch. And that's what getting to know someone is. And I feel like Aaron Rodgers didn't take the time to do that. And it's really showing. Because Alan Lazard has been there for how long, Cody? And they still aren't on the same page? That's not just a this year thing. That's mm-hmm. been years. And I'm not saying Alan Lazard is that great, but he's been in that system. He should know. And for some reason he doesn't. That you can put the blame on Alan Lazard a little bit, but I got to put the blame on more, I should say, on Aaron Rodgers because he was making it work just fine, and then all of a sudden it's not working. There's something yeah. fishy there. So, All right, let's move on, Cody. We got other things to talk about. So the Eagles lose to the Commanders on Monday Night Football. Uh, Eagles lose their first game of the season. That was huge. This was actually one of those games that a lot of betters were saying, okay, if, if – they're going to lose their game, uh, lose a game soon. This was one of the favorite picks by mm-hmm. betters to pick the commanders uh, to be the Eagles. So, Cody, um, you know, what are your thoughts on, on on the Eagles losing their first game? I'm surprised they did it to the commanders, but I'm also not surprised at the same time. This was a divisional game. Ron Rivera usually gets his guys prepared, ready to go. And it was also, too, a very... Uh, it was a great win for them as a team and Ron Rivera deserved it considering we find, we find out that, you know, he lost his mother earlier that week and obviously they win it and he was very emotional. There's a powerful video on social media about it, but I actually think this is really positive for the Eagles just because they're a young team. I think having the pressure of going undefeated would have gotten to them. Uh, and truthfully too, like I want them to lose a couple of games in this season because they are my NFC favorites. And I do think yeah. that they will go far in the playoffs, but I don't think they would have yeah. gone as far if they go undefeated the whole season. I, I do think that there is a lot more power in losing some games, you know, learning about yourself and your failures and then growing from that and coaching upon <laughs> that. So I find this really positive for the Eagles. It's, it's weird that it was on the, to the commanders and the score was a lot is a lot more lopsided than it really was. I mean, it wasn't a two score game. It was more or less like a one, I think a field goal game up until like the final play of the game where it was basically like a hot potato and the, and the commander just so happened to score on a defensive touchdown. So again, I, 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 you know, great for the commanders. I don't think this does much more to them than just make them like a 500 team, but for the Eagles, I think this is a good loss for them. And I think they'll build on it for next week. I'm actually going to talk about the commanders. I think the commanders, this goes to show you that, Listen, I was I I like Car- Carson Wentz. I think he should have stayed in Indianapolis. That's another story for another day. But Tyler Henneke has has shown that he's a better quarterback for this team, and I don't think it's debatable. I really don't. Wentz was really struggling uh, before he got hurt, and when Heineke came in, it was like when he came in last year. It was just like something sparked in that team and they play so hard. They play, they want Heineke to be successful. And I'm not saying Heineke is the quarterback of the future for the commanders, but I also do think that he's the future of this year for the commanders. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. What I mean is he should be the quarterback going forward. Um, He just has this, this tenacity to, He's going to do anything he can to win. He's going to find any way he can 
to help this team out. And he would rather take a big hit, which he took a few hits, um, than to give up on a play. And I love that about him. Now, is that sustainable as, a, as an NFL quarterback? No, it's not. But if he's going to be your quarterback this year, I think Tyler Henneke just needs to be at least considered. And a lot of people are kind of scoffing like, oh, he's not going to be the quarterback uh, when Carson Wentz comes back. I don't, I don't think so. I think it actually is going to be Tyler Henneke and moving forward because – I mean, Ron Rivera even called out Carson Wentz, you know? So um, I I think Tyler Heineke should be the, the starting quarterback. Now, do I think they're going to be a playoff team with Heineke? I think they have a possibility. If they have Wentz, from what I had seen at the beginning of the year, I don't think so. So, I mean, what are we talking about here? It should be Heineke for sure. So... I was encouraged by the Commanders. Listen, I'm not worried about the Eagles losing that game. That was one of those games that I actually, because um, the ESPN does these, like you can pick them, and mm-hmm. I actually picked the Eagles to lose that game because I just felt like it was in Washington. Um, you know, they they've been riding this, but the last week they kind of were struggling, and I just felt like this is one of those games where they're going to struggle a little bit more, and they're finally going to lose. But to me. I do believe that it's actually good for teams to lose because then you can learn, okay, how did we lose this game? Why did we lose this game? Let's build on that. And I, yeah. and I think that was good for the Eagles. So I think this is actually encouraging for the Eagles, not negative. But I also do think it was encouraging for the commanders. I really do. All right, Cody. The defending Super Bowl champion, the Los Angeles Lam- Rams, <laughs> They're playing like the Lambs. Yes, they are. Yes, uh, sorry, me and my dad, we used to come up with nicknames all the time. So, I I always uh, want to say the Lambs. But again, my in laws are big Rams fans, so I don't say that as much. <laughs> um, but they uh, they lose again um, this past week, and now they have to face the Cardinals mm-hmm. and uh, Cooper Cup is injured. He's on the IR. We're not entirely sure if Cooper Cup is even going to come back this season. Um, so, Cody, should the Rams just end this season, start trying to get some draft picks accumulated, or do you think bring back Cooper Cup when he comes back, we're going to go full force? So I think this is an interesting question because I don't know who the Rams have to trade to get draft picks. And specifically I'm talking like early draft picks, like rounds one through three. I don't think they have really any of those draft picks any longer. I think they have majority late round picks, but you know, I think if I'm the Rams, I'm closing up for the season. I think obviously Cooper Cup is out for a minimum four games, potentially longer, just because um, you know they report he had surgery on his ankle, and you know the way that the season's going, why rush him back? I mean, you want to get him healthy. Um, and then obviously too, there's a huge question mark with Matthew Stafford too on his health. I know that he's been dealing with you know a concussion last week. He's had the elbow issue majority of the season, a, a bunch of other uh, injuries that he's been struggling with as well. So. In my opinion, I think this is the season where, unfortunately, I think, you know, Sean McVay needs to take it on the chin, let this one ride out and just play your second stringers, let them get some experience, 
you know, if you have any young players, let them develop. But I don't think that this season is salvageable. I think the their division is way too competitive to begin with. And I think like a team like the Vikings are a better team than them. I think, you know, the Giants would defeat a team like the Rams just because the Giants seem to be uh, a well more balanced team and the Rams just struggle on offense, whether that's, you know, the run game, offensive line, um, Matthew Stafford sometimes not being able to get all all of his uh, weapons involved in the offense. I just think that this is a year where you need to just just sail it and then worry about next season because I think the fear would be too is you're going to do everything you can to get into the playoffs for what um, to get to get uh, a loss in the wild card spot and then you're out of the playoffs now. So I think the Rams should pack it up this season. My only thing though is again I don't know who they're going to trade for. It's not like they have a first round pick to you know to uh, to draft this season. I think it's somebody else owns it, which means that if they don't do so hot, then that team gets a higher draft pick. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's the lions that have it. So Mm. that would even be funny too. If the lions get a high draft pick, but yet they have a better record than the Rams. I think that would be uh, a little funny in my opinion, but Mm. I think the Rams should call it a season. I'm with you. I I think they should, Um, you know, I again, Colin Coward, I bring up because I watch him every day. Um, but um, he was kind of bringing up the point of, you know, they need to trade for a first round pick. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a really good point. But as I was thinking about it, I was like, who are you going to trade to get a first round pick? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to have to trade Cooper Cup, which you're not going to do. Uh, Aaron Donald, which again, you're not going to do. Matthew Stafford. You're not going to do, and I don't know if you can get a first-round pick for Stafford right now because of the way he's been playing, and he's been hurt. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I mean, I, I know I'm probably missing a ton of guys. I mean, he said Jalen Ramsey. I could see you do that, but I, I don't know if they do that. I don't know if they want to, to yeah. be perfectly honest. So, um they might have to ride the ship for a while. Now, listen, I don't think they're in bad shape. I think they're in bad shape this year. They obviously are not playing well, but they need to get offensive line. And I don't think you necessarily need to get offensive line in the first round. If you want to get a generational talent offensive line, maybe top 10, you're going to go after a guy. But if there's not a guy like that, and as far as I know, I don't believe there's really a, that type of offensive lineman in this draft. So I think you can, I think you can build on on offensive line deep in the draft. So I think they'll they'll be okay. But I do think this year with Cooper Cup being out, I think that offense is completely different. I mean, it's been bad enough, and then you talk about missing Cooper Cup, who's been their number mm-hmm. one guy. Um, I I think they just need to pack it in and. Uh, you know, just try and get healthy. I think, honestly, I saw that Matthew Stafford is active for, for this week. Mm-hmm. I think you should just make him inactive, to be honest. And just, I know they're not going to because teams don't want to admit it, and I get it. But um, I think Stafford and Coop, or Cooper Cup, you need to get healthy. Get rid of Cam Akers. Obviously, you guys don't want him, so just get rid of him. Get maybe an additional pick for him. That's all you need. Um, and then go from there. So, What's going on, everybody? This is Cody with Drew Code Sports Talk. We are proud to announce that Drew Code is a proud member 
of the Fanatics affiliate program. If you don't know what Fanatics is, Fanatics is a one-of-a-kind, unique sports apparel website that sells officially licensed NFL, NBA, MLB, college sports, and WWE gear. Fanatics is where all your favorite leagues and teams are available to buy. Drew and I, of course, are diehard Raiders fans and Giants fans, so of course, we are going to Fanatics.com to get all of the latest gear for our teams to be the most represented. Right now, you can click the link in the description below to purchase your favorite team's officially licensed gear now. Follow us on social media and get the latest news on discounts and promos. We'll see you there. All right, Cody. So we were going to talk about fantasy football. We have a uh, listener question, so we're going to answer that now. Sorry, uh, Kenny Stay Trill. Um, I'm sorry it took us a little bit longer to answer it, but we wanted to get to uh, – we knew we were going to be talking about fantasy football, so we, we, we waited. So I'm very sorry. But his question is, if you're not watching on YouTube, uh, pick a wide receiver and flex from this pool of players. In quotations, it's Devontae Smith, Adam Thielen, Melvin Gordon, Tony Pollard, George Pickens. Keep in mind, I have A.J. Brown and T.J. Hawkinson starting on my team. So, Cody, I will let you answer that first. Okay, so I'm going to just rule out I'm not picking Melvin Gordon. So let's just scratch him right now. Um, I think I'd be... Obviously, if we're talking PPR, I'm not really quite sure if his setup is standard or PPR. I'm going to assume PPR. I would probably say that for sure, Devonta Smith, I think you got to start him. Uh, he's second option for the Eagles and has a really good connection with uh, with uh, Hertz. And I actually have him in a couple of different fantasy leagues. And every now and again, he has a stinker. But when he is when he gets the ball, man, he gets the ball and he puts up points in a hurry. So I think Smith is one of them. I'm on the fence between, and I'll be honest, I'm on the fence between Pickens and Thielen. Um, I really like Tony Pollard. I think he's a sleeper, but I think if you have this many guys, I think you want to go with, again, based on receptions. Adam Thielen has been being featured in the Vikings offense, you know, for a good couple of weeks now. Um, George Pickens seems to be Kenny Pickett's favorite um, target, so I think that's attractive. But I would, I would say, depending on which one you feel better on, it's either Smith and Thielen or Pickens for me. I really can't. It's splitting hairs between Thielen and, and Pickens, so it's whichever you know you're more comfortable with. But I would, I would go for the receptions over rushing yards. I feel like that's a more plausible with the Vikings offense. And uh, Kenny Pickett again is just always focusing on George Pickens. So I think that's what I would. My decisions would be. I'm going to go more bold. I'm going to say it doesn't matter if it's a PPR league or a non-PPR league. I'm going with Tony Pollard. And the reason I'm saying Tony Pollard is you're going to get catches from Pollard. He's obviously the best running back, and they like him. And Ezekiel Elliott is still kind of injured. So even if Elliott does play this week, it's still going to be a lot of Tony Pollard. The other thing is Tony Pollard is a really good running back. He's, mm-hmm. He can, and he, they try and get him in the end zone as often as they possibly can. And I think he's actually looked better with Dak Prescott, obviously better than Cooper Rush. That's what a surprise, Andrew. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, they, they seem like they have obviously a better connection. Um, and it seems like Dak really tries to get Pollard involved when he is on the field. Now, Devontae Smith, yes, he is kind of, I would argue he's the number three option. 
I think AJ Brown is the number one. Dallas Goddard is number two. And then I would put Devontae Smith. We, you and I, and we'll talk about this in a little bit in our sleeper league, we have Devontae Smith. And no, we have AJ Brown. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. In, um, in uh, bragging, bragging rights. rights. League. Yeah. And we have Devontae Smith. And the only reason we continue to play him is we really don't have a backup who could potentially get five or six catches in a game. And Devontae Smith is a guy who can get five or six catches. But at the same time, there are times where he gets three catches, 20 yards. And it's not great. And so Adam Thielen, I think he benefits from Justin Jefferson, uh, which isn't bad. But now them adding TJ Hawkinson, I think you'd rather go with TJ Hawkinson because it seems like Cousins is really trying to get him involved. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just like you said, Melvin Gordon, I'm not even touching. Um, George Pickens. Although I like George Pickens and he is the number one option for the Steelers, it's Kenny Pickett. And to be honest, I'm not impressed with him. And when you have a a not-so-good quarterback, in my opinion, I'm not going to go George Pickens. I'm not even going to touch him because there's going to be games where he's going to get you 25 and there's going to be games where he's going to get you maybe two. And I'm not going to go. I'm not going to touch that. So. I like Tony Pollard because of the consistency, because of the obvious they try and get him involved in the offense as much as they possibly can. And he catches the football and runs the football, which means he has a higher priority of being able to get in that end zone, which usually in leagues is about six points. So I, I would go on, to Pollard. On average. Uh, yeah. So if I'm understanding correctly, then you're going Pollard. And who's your second guy? Second guy, I would probably go. Oh man, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. Um, I would probably go Devonte Smith. Okay, just because I think his his ceiling is higher than Thielen. I think Thielen is kind of more of the possession guy, which he could get like eight catches, but like forty yards. You know, like yeah, which is still kind of good, but it's not. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna get a high volume of targets, but. Not as many yards, so I I would go with Devontae Smith. So you're going Smith and Pollard. I'm going Smith. No, I would go Pollard, then Smith. Well, he's saying pick a receiver and a flex. So your receiver would be Smith, and then your flex would be Pollard, right? I didn't see. I read it, and I didn't even read it. Um, Yeah, (laughs) I would go Devontae Smith and Tony Pollard. Okay, so mine would be (laughs) Smith as well. So I think we're in unison on the Smith part. My thing, though, is in the flex, I would either put Thielen or Pickens. I think I would lean towards Thielen just because I think I like the Vikings offense and Kirk Cousins, I think, would get him the ball a little bit more. I will say, though, the Pollard one is a really good decision just because I I majority agree with everything that you're saying. I think he's a better running back than Zeke Elliott. I think he works better in the offense with Dak Prescott at quarterback. I just think if I'm looking at receptions, I know that Adam Thielen will get objectively more receptions than Pollard. So I'm going for that factor. But again, though, Smith is the overwhelming choice and then Thielen or Pollard. So, and and we'll talk about this in our league. I've trusted Drew's advice for a majority of the season. So I would say if he's saying Pollard, I think there's something to that because I've trusted his advice with our shared leagues and we have a pretty good record. If I do say so myself. Don't say that. I I have Tony Pollard in a league uh, that I share actually with my brother-in-law. And I got to be honest, man, Tony Pollard is, he's legit. And um, they're going against Minnesota. And I already said that I don't trust their defense. So that's really why I I would pick 
um, Pollard over over anyone else. I'm telling you to sack your Eagles and Vikings team, and he's telling you to get it another Eagle and a Cowboy. So that's pretty much how it's going down. Yeah. All right. So pretty All good right, segue, Cody. I think, to the next question. Yes. Yeah, so um, we kind of wanted to talk about fantasy football, but we don't want to do the whole what we literally just did. Yeah. <laughs> As I'm going to poo-poo on it. Um, you know, we don't want to do the whole, like, who should you who should you pick up this week? Or, you know, who should you start over, you know, so-and-so? You know, we don't want to do that whole thing because uh, I think the, everyone does that. Been there, done that. And, again, Kenny, I appreciate your question. I'm, I'm not – I don't want you to think that we don't appreciate it. If you guys have a, an actual question like that, we'll answer it right here because we love talking about it. But it's kind of like the only the only way we would actually bring this up is like if we were having a problem on our yeah. fantasy teams. And this year is actually kind of special because Cody and I have um, we have uh, joined actually two leagues. Yeah. Um, where we are Drew Code Sports Talk. So you and I are sharing two teams, um, which I've done in the past with my brother in law. So now I'm sharing three teams. I, I have a, a league with my brother-in-law where we're actually doing really well. Um, and then uh, Cody, you and I, we've we joined uh, two podcast leagues. So yeah. this is pretty cool. It was really cool. It was an idea that you and I thought of that we wanted to do. Um, unfortunately, we weren't really getting a lot of people who were wanting to join. But they ended up kind of taking that. Well, I don't want to say they took it from us. I'm not saying that, but they kind of ended up taking um, that idea and and um, turning it doing, into a league, making their own. Yeah. And so, who they had, uh, you know, more outreach to, which more power to them. That's uh, we were okay with that, and we didn't have to run it, so that was good. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> So uh, we're in a league. It's an ESPN fantasy league. It's called the Bragging Rights League. And we're also in a league called the Sleeper League, which is in the Sleeper app. So that's why we always call it the Sleeper League. Um, so, Cody, let's talk about the Sleeper League first because I know you put it up on on the notes first. So <laughs> we'll just go with that. Um, so Cody and I... We drafted Russell Wilson, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, A.J. Brown, uh, T. Higgins, um, the Eagles defense, Jared Goff, uh, Elijah Mitchell, uh, and Zach Ertz. That's the only guys I can that we still have on the team. Uh, so we drafted all those guys, and Russell Wilson has been awful. Yeah, <laughs> for to say the least. Purposes. He's been <laughs> awful. Um, and so uh, we started 0-4 in yeah. the league. We were 0-4. We were not last place because there was another team that started like 0-4, and they were scoring less than we were. So we were kind of at the very bottom. We then won five. We've now won five in a row. Mm-hmm. And we are 6-4 and four in this league, Cody, which is – uh, a jump, man. We're actually in the playoffs currently, as it sits right now. We are in the playoffs. We are the number six seed, but we are in the playoffs, baby. This is a twelve-team league, so um, you know we uh, obviously the the top six teams go into the playoffs. So this was a a a 
colossal fail turned to a tremendous success that we've had. Um, we went after Jimmy G, who I wanted to get. Um, we went after Derek Carr because someone left, uh, dropped him, mm-hmm. and we swooped him up. And he actually has been—I mean, say what you want—he's been—he's been really good for us. Yeah. Um, Jared Goff has been a surprise. We picked up Raheem Mostert. We uh, we just uh, picked up Keenan Allen. Uh, we have the Patriots defense as our backup, where we just had to use them for one week, and it, it worked out phenomenally mm-hmm. for us. So, um, and, but I, I think one of the the best draft picks that we got, um, well, obviously AJ Brown, but one of that I really want to talk about was Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey was a lot of people were wanting to stay away from us or away from him. And Cody, you and I were talking about it before the draft. And I was like, I like Christian McCaffrey. Like, I'm willing to gamble on him because and and you were saying the same thing. I'm not saying it was just me, but we were willing to gamble on him because the upside is tremendous. And then he gets traded to the Niners where we were like, fantastic. (laughs) So, I mean... I'm kind of curious of what your thoughts are um, on how the sleeper league has gone for us so far. Like what, what have kind of like been your feelings, your thoughts and everything. So when we first drafted and also to the preference, they have a super flex that you can fill in a second quarterback. So what we found is during the draft, they went some, a lot of teams went quarterback heavy first. They went quarterback, quarterback. Yes. So, and, and in hindsight, yeah. And in hindsight too, I, some part of me wishes like maybe we would have gone a little bit earlier on quarterbacks, but I will say all things considered with how we've been working the waiver wire, we've been very lucky with who we've gotten because, you know, I think our first quarterback pick was Russell Wilson. And then we didn't pick another quarterback for several rounds. And then yeah. I forget, I think Jared Goff like wound up in our lap. And I think we had, I forgot yeah. who the other quarterback was for a hot minute, but early on, like we had the growing pains because Alvin Kamara wasn't really productive. Yeah. Uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey wasn't really productive. We saw a huge production from AJ Brown. Uh, T yeah. Higgins, I think he got injured in the first game. So he only played a quarter. Yeah. So our team on paper was very productive, but also we knew like we're hitching our bets on a lot of injury prone players. AJ Brown has an injury history. T Higgins has that Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, uh, Russell Wilson to an extent just came off a big injury from last season. And we also didn't know what he was going to be like. So it just seemed like we had to just be patient and, you know, again, working the wire. We did get some, we ended up getting Raheem Mostert, uh, and I think that we also did draft in a really late round, Elijah Mitchell, which we've had it in the IR for a while. And now that he's back with Christian McCaffrey now on the Niners, yeah, now he's not we playing. have like a crazy good, <laughs> like running back situation going on, which yeah. is unprecedented. We did yeah. have Zach Ertz though, who we ended up losing in, um, to injury. And yeah. I think we drafted Dallas or, uh, it was Dalton Schultz who we drafted, but we ended up letting yeah. him go because he was injured for like several weeks, which in hindsight, we probably should have held on to him. But well, he was injured and then Zach Ertz got injured on a couple of games. And so right. we had to go. We had to get and We were like, well, Schultz not coming back for a while. And I think we ended up getting like taste. Uh, no, I think we got someone else before Taysom Hill. Yeah. And then it was like, it was like, well, it worked out. And then we forgot about Schultz because Ertz was finally starting to, come come alive 
Yeah, and then we ended up getting uh, Rondell Moore from Arizona, who's been extremely productive for us for being a yeah. rookie receiver in Arizona. Yeah. And honestly, too, man, like we've just been working the wire. Like we ended up finding a way to get yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, you know, we got Derek Carr, like you mentioned. Someone had let him go. There was a couple of times we almost came to trading away, like Higgins or Brown, and we didn't after all. And I think we tried putting. Uh, feelers out there for Wilson for a while, but no one was taking on him. And, you know, we've been just kind of running with a little quarterback carousel, so to speak. And obviously that's not the linchpin and everything, but it does help that we're getting more than 11 points per game from our quarterback positions. But we've just been fortunate that our players have <laughs> relatively stayed healthy. And, you know, again, just talking about matchups and it's been for, we've been fortunate enough that we've hit on more than what we've lost on, which has been really good. And a lot of communication, a yep. lot of communication on what we're thinking and seeing and a lot of like, no, don't pick that guy up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was a couple of times where I was getting frustrated with Cody because he was making all these moves without telling me. And I was like, hey, we're a team, bro. You can't just be going off to Galvant and doing whatever you want. I know and, it's uh, it's this so whole sharing I, a league thing is tough to because yeah. sometimes when I'll pick up a guy thinking this is a good one and you'll be like, "Hey man, what were you thinking with that?" And I was like yeah. this, and you're like, "No, I wasn't feeling that one. I was more thinking <laughs> of this one." So <laughs> yeah. a lot of trial and error and just yeah. working it, Growing just working things. it out. Yeah, but in okay, so in our other league, in the bragging rights league, we started off really good and we've pretty much kept it up. Um, I, you know, I we won last week, but I think we were on like one or two game losing streak the uh, couple weeks before. Um, but for the most part, we've we've been really good. We're seven and three in that league, mm -hmm. um, and we've been pretty much on top of it. I mean, Joe Burrow, um, and we got Matthew Stafford, which we thought was a steal. Obviously, he's been kind of not a steal. So right, far. not very good. <laughs> um, Austin Eckler, I believe, was our first pick that we got. Yeah, uh, Josh Jacobs, uh, Mike Williams, who's who's should be coming off an injury. Devonte Smith, who we already kind of talked about. Mark Andrews. Um, I wanted the Niners. No, you wanted the Niners defense. Um, you know, Chris Godwin was another draft pick. I wanted the Colts defense. That's been okay, but yeah, you know, has been great. Um, so I mean, for the most part, we we have majority of our team that we drafted. Um, Joe Burrow has been – we thought we were going to be switching Joe Burrow and, and Matthew Stafford week to week. Mm -hmm. It's been Joe Burrow all every single week. I mean, the first – I think the first three weeks we were going with – no, I Stafford. should say first four weeks we were going with Stafford. And yeah. we were like, listen, we got to go Burrow. Uh, even – I don't even think it was first – I think we, we smartened up on that one where it was like after two weeks. After week one, I was telling yeah. you, I was like – I don't know, man. Like, I think Burrow, even though he threw four picks, he still got more points than Stafford. And yeah. I was like, and plus Stafford has that injury. We we probably need to keep riding Burrow. And and luckily we did because uh, he's been great. Um, Eckler, he was he started off really struggling, but yeah. he started he started going. So um, and then Jacobs has been phenomenal. I mean, we got him. I think later. I don't think we got him that early, and uh, no, we've been I lucking think, out with him. Yeah, I think we picked up Jacobs. I want to say like fifth round, sixth round, maybe. He was just kind of hanging out there, and yeah. we snagged him. And it was a gamble yeah, too, because um, 
it was a gamble because I think that we were both apprehensive about getting Jacobs considering, you know, he was injured he can potentially get injury prone and our two top running backs, um, you know, are in the same division. So there's a lot of question marks, but Jacobs arguably has probably been our best pick outside of Eckler. Cause even Eckler barely has been coming alive. I think since week four, he's been on a yeah. tear and Jacobs has been consistent all year, even on the Absolutely. slow games, he's found a way to be extremely productive. And, I would say arguably there's been a bunch of games where Josh Jacobs or Eckler combined have won us our weeks with yeah. like we've, I think outscored all teams like three out of four weeks in a stretch. So we've been really fortunate in that. And another little thing too, behind the scenes is when we did this draft, I forgot when I want to say like back in August, uh, yeah, we were meeting up with all the guys and uh, we did it on li- on Streamyard as well. Like what we were doing it on. And we didn't mute our mics, but we're talking it out like on who we're picking. And all we're doing is, hey, I think I like this guy. We'll go here. This is how I think it'll roll down. And then they were kind of teasing us. And they're like, these dudes are playing Monopoly over here. So then Drew and I were messing around and go, hey, man, this is what I think we do. We should roll a double right here. Go around the railroad. We're going to pass go get that $200. And then we're going to stop on free parking on the way back. And like, we're going to build four houses where we can then buy a hotel yeah and really monopolize this mother <laughs> yeah yeah it was a lot of fun to be able to get yeah. to meet different creators from all over the country because i think there's yeah. one of them that's like back in new york buffalo new york there's a couple oh, other yeah. ones that are like spread all over the country so it was really fun yeah. to get to know them and and yak it up with them and it's kind of cool knowing that like we're one of the top few teams in this league so fingers this is a crossed 14 we- team league yeah, way. so so fingers crossed that we can keep up ha- our dominance on it because I feel like our team is pretty solid. Our starters are, I will say, our bench is a little weak, but I think that's the game we play with having a being in a fourteen man t- uh, league. Yeah. But yeah. it's been it's been a lot of fun, and and uh, this one has actually been surprising to be to essentially be. I don't want to say good at, but you know, this one's been this one has been a little bit f- more fun just because these are different guys that we haven't able to interact with and we're making a good first impression. It's not like we're dead last in the league, which is my fear. And I think it's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool that we've been holding our own and showing that we can keep up with them. So I thought it was, it it was kind of cool because we were kind of like, we were nervous. Like we were really taking it seriously, obviously. I mean, we were having our discussions and we felt really good about our draft, but we were like, I don't know, man, like these guys, and we were starting to, we were on a win streak for a while. And we were like, wow, dude, this is like, this is weird. Like, we're doing yeah. really well. And then uh, we we finally lost and we were like, okay. So we, you know, took our took, took our bragging rights and we, we humbled ourselves. And, and I mean, we're still doing really well, but of course we're not going to be like, oh my God, we're going to win this whole league. I don't think we're going that far, but uh, we have been doing really well. And I feel like for the most part, we've made, all the right moves that we, that we can possibly make. Um, and, uh, you know, just going forward with it. I mean, right now, um, we have Mark Andrews and, um, Jawan Johnson, cause Andrews was out last week. Hopefully he's coming back this week and we're playing both of them this week because Chris Godwin is, is out, uh, on a yeah. bye week and Marvin Jones, who we had picked up, he's on the bye week. So we were like, we're kind of screwed. Uh, I was wanting to run by a couple of ads and drops with you since we have you since uh, we're here and I've been wanting to ask you about these. <laughs> we're so, literally going to do this live. Okay. So right. we have Heinz on the bench, as you know. Yeah. But in the bragging rights league, Elijah Mitchell is available 
what do you, how do you feel about picking up Elijah Mitchell? I mean, I like him better than Hines. Okay, so you're cool with me picking him up and dropping Hines? I guess. No, I, yeah, right. I, I'm okay, okay with it. Even like Kenneth Gainwell or or Isaiah Spiller, who was actually our one of our draft picks that we had in the beginning of the year. No, uh-huh. I'm sorry. We, we picked up Zamir White, but he yeah. hasn't done really anything. And I wanted Isaiah Spiller, but... He, he hasn't also done anything either. So, yeah. and then I'm but actually curious: I, yeah, Do you I, want to drop Marvin Jones Jr. as well? Let me see the receivers available. Okay, there's Darius Slayton, Isaiah McKenzie, Josh Reynolds, Nico Collins. Yeah, yeah. I would be cool with Slayton or. Well, Sky Moore might have a better game because uh, McCole Hartman is out. And I believe who is the, I think MVS is also injured as well. Yeah, MV. Okay, everything is going haywire here. There's also Juwan Dotson of the. Um, of the commanders, but his waiver won't go through until Sunday. If I put it in tonight, you know, I, I'm okay with Slayton, but I, I, I think out of all the receivers that I'm seeing in the, at the least at the very top, I would rather mm-hmm. go Nico Collins. Cause he's been getting a lot of targets. Mm-hmm. Um, Darius Slayton. Yes, he does. But I just, Daniel Jones, I don't feel comfortable with him. And to be honest, yeah, Slayton had a really good game last week, but it was first of all, it's against Houston. Secondly, he had four targets, three catches. Yeah, it was 95 yards, and he got a touchdown. You minus that touchdown, and you minus, you know, 90, like you're not going to get three catches, 95 yards every week. So, I don't know. For me, it's like, and he's averaging like five catches a game, or five targets, six ca- targets a game. Um, whereas Nico Collins... He's kind of getting more like he's getting more like five, six targets, but he's catching majority of that, and he's getting about ten yards every catch. So he's being targeted about the same, but more yardage. So okay, so Collins. All right, let me put in the waiver. So we'll go Collins for Jones Jr. And then we still have Jacoby Brissett on our bench, so I'm sure we can just figure out a different player to drop him for later, but Colt McCoy. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so then do you want to keep Juwan Johnson in the lineup or do you want to move Andrews to the starting tight end and put one of our new ads in the flex or do you want to keep as is? Well, let's, yeah, let's, um, let's wait because we don't know if Andrews is for sure going to play yet. Okay. So it'll be easier to swap him out. Um, oh, he's going to eat. He's well, he's questionable against the Panthers, but if he plays, he's, he's going for 50. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. But we'll have to see if he plays. So, well, that's our fantasy update. Drew, you want me to ask you a couple of baseball questions? I mean, we're already past our time. <laughs> no, I th- I think we, I think we need to plug it up, sir. All right. Do you want to close this out then? 
Yes, yes, of course. So, everyone, please go uh, follow us on all the social media sites, which is Facebook, uh, Instagram. I would say Twitter, but we're not sure yet. Uh, <laughs> to be, TikTok. Uh, to be determined. YouTube, yeah, all that jazz. Uh, YouTube, obviously, go subscribe and like and comment on all the videos. We always want to hear from you guys. Um, also, go check out our, our awesome partners over at SeatGeek, FNXFit.com, and Fanatics. Um, they are all partners with us that uh, have been fantastic. Go use, uh, if you want to know how to use um, our codes, um, just go on the links on the videos, on the podcast, and even on our websites or even the social media sites that we're on. You can uh, click on all of those and and uh, use the all the um, all the links that we have. Um, so go check those out. Get all your stuff. Go get concert tickets. Go get game tickets. Whatever it may be from SeatGeek. Go get your uh, protein shakes over at FNX Fit and some gear. And then go over at Fanatics. Go get some jerseys to support your team. If it's the Raiders, I'm sorry, but still go spend your money anyway. Um, but, uh, we always want to hear from you guys on all the, uh, major podcast site, which is, uh, iHeart, uh, Spotify and Apple, uh, podcast. So go check those out. We want to, we want you guys to subscribe also rate and review anything and everything does help. So please, please, please help us, uh, to get better by, uh, by doing all of that. Um, and you can get all these episodes and I feel like this was a, a golden episode. So, uh, you know, good job. You know, even though we had so many technical difficulties in this one, it's going to drive Cody mad, uh, which makes me laugh. Um, so go check all those out. Thank you guys for listening. I'll let Cody, uh, finish it out. Cody. Yeah. Again, thank you guys for bearing with us. I feel like once I took that dig at Elon Musk, he was listening and he's been tampering with our <laughs> podcast tonight. I mean, he froze my video. He kicked Andrew off the live and, you know, we're in a state of hysteria right now with technology. But nevertheless, you guys, please, as Drew said, go follow us on all the social media accounts, especially the ones that might disappear. You never know. It might stay after all. But we'd love to interact and hang out with you guys. And we appreciate the question from earlier from Kenny. So thank you so much. I hope we answered your question the way you're hoping for. And if you win, it was all because of me. If you lose, it was all because of Drew. And that's essentially what it's been like all season for our fantasy teams as well. So anyways, guys, we appreciate y'all for listening. Please go subscribe, uh, like, and share on YouTube. Go download it and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, iHeart, Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast at. You know, go download and go subscribe it there. And again, also too, again, I will repeat myself. We have officially launched truecodesportstalk.com again, and it's all updated, ready to go. All the links are live. Everything is on there. Latest episodes, current episodes. I even put in there our top five two bays in a pod episodes on there. Drew, you might appreciate it because there are some real fun ones on there. So I put the top five ones yeah. on there. So I, I hope everyone... It. I hope everyone goes on that website, listens to it. And if the listeners demand it, maybe we'll do it again. We'll convince our wives. Look at all these tens of people that want two bays in a pod to come back. Because 
That was a fun show. And it's going to be the... 100 views. I'm going to let you know that. Okay, great. <laughs> go listen to go listen to the episodes right now on our website, uh, or you can listen to them wherever you get your podcast as well. So anyways, guys, thank you guys so much for listening to us. Have a great week, and we will see you guys after Thanksgiving. So we won't be on next week, the following week, though, and we can't wait to talk to you guys then. So be well, and we'll see you. Go Hornets. <laughs>